The following program has been pre-recorded. On this episode of Belonging, the show for young Catholic adults, we'll talk to Mrs. Alice Bolster, the mother of a priest here in Nashville and a great evangelist spreading the gospel every day through her daily life. I just really love being Catholic, and I am happy to, to drop that into the conversation with just All about the time. anybody. <laughs> we are called to do this. We are called to bring people to Christ. I mean, that's where they're going to be the happiest, and that's what I want for folks. Next. This program is made possible by the generous donations of Jeannie and Bill Stasekel, members of Christ the King Parish in Nashville, and by a grant from the Cook Foundation. Take advantage of the many opportunities for young people in the Nashville Diocese to connect and find belonging. Like University Catholic, a community of college-age students who are serious about their faith and unite in fellowship and friendship to deepen their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Go to universitycatholic.org to find out more. You can also connect with young Catholics like you by attending events like Summit Music City. It's a night of music followed by adoration and reconciliation. It's free and open to young people of all faiths. Go to soundscatholic.com. To find the right young Catholic connection for you, call the Catholic Youth Office of the Diocese of Nashville, 615-645-9762. Hello and welcome to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio. Belonging is a place where young adults can find connection, rest, and encouragement on their journey with Jesus Christ. Uh, each week we have different guests detailing different parts of life, whether it be relationships or finances. And my name is Zach Chance, and I grew up here in Middle Tennessee. I'm a recent graduate of Belmont University in Nashville. And each week we're joined by Father Gervon as well, the chaplain at University Catholic and does a lot in the diocese. And we also have Mr. Jim Chandler doing a lot of uh, programming for us. And this week we're joined by Miss Alice Bolster. Thank you for being here today, Alice. Thank you. Glad to be here. So how do you know Father Gervon so well, just through the years and the... Yes. Well, I guess I mostly, I, I cooked for the rectory at the cathedral and he was there and that was a lot of encounters here and there. And yes, every week she fed us and <laughs> gave us some groceries and everything. So that's kind of, <laughs> and then uh, that time, you know, I think that's one of the things of the seminarians and priest moms, when you a mom of one, you mom of all. <laughs> so she kind of, you know, took care of all of us at the rectory. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself for those who don't know who you are or just where you came from and, and where you're at today. Well, I was um, born in Atlanta and raised there till I was 12. My parents were raising their kids Unitarian, so I was not exposed to much Christianity, um, basically atheist. And then we moved to Bowling Green, Kentucky for my teenage years, and I came to uh, Nashville after I graduated from college and was still pretty much atheist, not really thinking about the Lord much. And then when I was 23, I, I, was, uh, I was a nurse, I was a registered nurse, and I was driving a 1970 MGB British Racing Green, and I had a cute boyfriend, and I had a nice apartment, and I just had a really good life. And I kept thanking the God that I didn't believe in for my good life. Hmm. And then I would kind of go, oh, sorry, you don't exist. <laughs> I'd have to keep driving. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Until finally one day, and I can tell you where I was, but it's irrelevant. And I just said, okay, all right, you're there. You know, it's like, okay. Um, so now what? Well, my sister had become a Christian a year before and had been Episcop had joined the Episcopal Church and said, look at the Episcopal Church. I think you'd like it. So I said, okay. 
And the guy I was dating at the time was Episcopalian, so I thought if I was Episcopalian, he might like me better. <laughs> so I became <laughs> Episcopalian. <laughs> this is pretty humiliating, but there it is. And um, But the Episcopal church that he went to that I uh, got most of my, got all of my early uh, doctrine from was high, high church Episcopal. It was Anglican, sort of Anglo-Catholic. So I had beautiful formation by the priest there and um, was pretty faithful from then on. And then um, uh, was Episcopalian still when uh, I married. And, but we married in the Catholic Church because another Catholic friend had said, um, if, you know, if you can get married in your church or his church and you're okay with either one, then you need to get married in his church because it matters to him. And I went, okay, so we got married in the Catholic Church, and we're raising our boys Catholic. Um, and I think I always knew I'd be Catholic, because the Catholic Church has something that nobody else has, and you can't always define it. You don't always acknowledge it, but you can tell people, um, Protestants can say, okay, I'm going to go to the Episcopal Church, I'm going to go to the uh, Presbyterian Church, I'm going to go to the Methodist Church, and everybody kind of goes, okay, you know, it's like you can switch around and it's all right. But if you tell people, this was my experience, if you tell people that you're going to be Catholic, they go, oh, what's up with that? And so it's like the, the culture acknowledges there is something different about being Catholic. What are your thoughts, Father, on the Catholic Church having something different that just nothing else has? I think something yeah. you can't put your finger on. Yeah, I think it's exactly it. It's, it's the truth. It's, you know, it's, and we were talking about this yesterday. For many years, everybody was Catholic. Everybody went to Mass. Everybody believed in the true presence of Jesus Christ. That meant what was to be Christian. You went to Mass and you believed in the, three, you know, the, three, the true presence of Jesus Christ. And then out of the blue, like people start to vote about it and, you know, start to separate. And then if I don't agree with you, separate again. And if we don't agree with you or, if, or, or, or what the pastor said, we separate one more time. So that's why we have so many different Christian churches because I become God or I become what my interpretation of the Bible or like, no, 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 this is not what the Bible said. And it's like, okay, so, well, let's go make another church right there because we don't really believe what they believe now. Mm. You know, it's the, it's the whole apostolic succession, is the whole, you know, the Catholic Church create the Bible. <laughs> you know, yeah. like if we have the Bible, like, ah, Bible yeah, we, we make that thing. You know, we made that Bible. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the, that's the, and I think that's kind of what we, we understand that, you know, Yes, we have the true presence in, you know, Jesus. Peter, you're the rock, and put this rock and build my church, and the gates of the he of hell will not prevail. That is true. Hmm. That is true. And when you really, and if you really study, and if you really, you know, pray, you're going to come back. So, Miss Alice, here you are in Nashville, raising a, a family Catholic then? Yes. My husband was a cradle Catholic. When I became Catholic, you know, Flannery O'Connor says you don't join the Catholic Church, you become Catholic. Well, can you talk about that more, but you become Catholic? Oh, golly. Well, It's not a just, membership. No. It's, it's, a <laughs> it's a daily. Change of life, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a daily formation. It, it's, like, it's, it's like, for me, it was like I could see in color when I, 
and I was I was given uh, private instruction by a monsignor uh, who was probably 80 by that time. And I said, I'm ready to read about the Catholic Church. And he <laughs> said, he just looked and he said, you'll be safe with us. And I just, I just, okay, okay. Um, because there's just so much dissent amongst Christians. It's, it's really just so sad. You know, we're supposed to be one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And we are not, your Christians are not one faith. And it's, as, as Father said, it's, it's like everybody was Catholic until the 1500s, and then everybody, then people got enamored of their own ideas and said, no, 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 I'm, I can't yield to any authority. And that's what a, a lot of it comes down to when you're, when you're talking to folks. So did you find yourself falling in love with the Catholic faith more and more as your time here? I I did when I when I became Catholic. The my my children were at um, a school run by the Dominican Sisters of Saint Cecilia, mm-hmm. and we were um, I was I was at at the college there, at Aquinas College here in Nashville, for reasons I can't really remember. And one of the um, the president of the college there said, "Oh, you converted." This was in November, and she said. Um, she said, oh, you're, you're Catholic now. Great. She said, as a conversion president, I'll give you a free audit in moral theology so you can know what the church teaches and why. So I was just, oh, okay, thank you. That's very nice. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll go sit in on it in the spring semester. And, and I, it was a moral theology class, and I heard, I heard the truth for the first time, and my jaw just dropped. It was so beautiful. It, was, it made so much sense. It just put things in perspective. So I'd pick the kids up from school and go, let me tell you what I heard today in class about John. And, you know, when you speak about finally hearing the truth for the first time, how do you explain that to someone maybe from the outside looking in who's maybe on the edge of their faith? What, what, what do you say, Father, is, is that truth that would draw someone like that in a class? I think the biggest thing with people who left the church is they did not invest or learn about it, you know, because the truth is the truth no matter what. You know, you, if you are open, you're going to find it. And you can run as much as you can, you know, or whatever you want, but the truth is the truth. And you're going to be able, if you open yourself. You know, one of the things that I just kind of really dislike because I can't say I hate is when people say, oh, I went to this church and I found Jesus. Like, well, <laughs> I think you were not looking, you know, because the truth is here. A culture is saying that the truth doesn't exist or the truth is your truth is your truth is my truth and and all the relativism that we've got. And, and that's just not, that's not so, you know? I mean, and moral theology says that, that you can know what is true by, rev- by reason and by revelation. Do you elaborate further on that? That, that, that? that by by reason we can reason to the truth and we can also in moral theology with the gifts of of our of, of God i mean he's calling us home all the time by faith so you can, you can you can find the truth by reason by faith there's mm-hmm. actually a document uh, reason faith fides et ratio that you can if you want it by faith you can but mm-hmm. if you do by reason you can as well yeah and 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 ethics says that you can know what is true by reason and, and by observing natural law, by, by observing natural law and with the right, right reason, you can still come to know what is true. And the cool thing is, is that it gets you to the same place. You know, everybody is so afraid right now that, that having 
the rock of the church is, you know, the, I mean, the, the, the truth is there. And so you can, um, it just sort of is always calling you home. You know, when you hear something that's not right, or maybe it's better to say when you hear the truth, it kind of rings in your heart because you were made for truth. You were made by God who is all goodness and truth and beauty. And now you can deny it. You can, you can reject it. You can say, I don't think so. I don't want that. But it's, it's a sadness because it's, you're, 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 leaving, um, you're leaving your home. One of the first things kind of changing the subject here when, when Father told me we should have you on the show was, was your role as an evangelist. Could you, could you just explain where you're at today? I don't know. And just in your day-to-day life, what is it like for you? Well, I, I just really love being Catholic. Mm-hmm. And I am happy to, to drop that into the conversation with just All about the time. anybody. <laughs> he, he can attest to it. Yeah. If, if I'm, well, I mean, we are called to do this. We are called to bring people to Christ. I mean, that's where they're going to be the happiest, and that's what I want for folks. So, like on a Friday, if I'm going through the McDonald's, then I'll order um, an, an Egg McMuffin with no meat. And then I get around, and there's Egg McMuffin, you know, no bacon. And I was going, well, yes, because I'm Catholic, and it's Friday. Mm-hmm. And they go, what? Or one guy in the drive through uh, window said, oh yeah, I'm Catholic. I just moved here and I don't have a church yet. And I was going, oh, well, let me tell you where you ought to go. What do you like? You know? <laughs> so, and then another time I was driving through and I said, yes, it's Friday and we're Catholic. And, and so we, we give up meat on Fridays. Oh, says the girl who handed me the food. I'd never heard of that. Well, yes, Jesus died on Friday. And so we sacrifice, you know, to be in union with him. Oh, okay. And you know, God bless you, honey. And I drive off. It doesn't take so, much. It's the little things that anybody can do. Any yes, and tell a little bit about that show you were telling me yesterday. That the, the the girl that you met in the car. Oh, well, I had loaded my groceries in the in the parking lot of the grocery store, and um, this girl had parked next to me, and she was getting out, and I was loading my car, and and. And, oh, she was going to take my buggy. And I said, you don't want this one. This is hard to push. I said, you need to get another one. And she said, oh, okay. And then she said, I like the color of your car. And I said, well, thank you. And, and I've got a miraculous metal sticker on the back of my car. But she said, um, we've got this car and it's a good travel. Anyway, so we started talking about cars because they were thinking about moving. And they were, she and her husband, who was in a, a Christian band, were thinking about either moving out west or back up to Pennsylvania or someplace. And um, so we started talking about that. Let's, I'm just trying to think the, 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 the segue, because I don't start out <laughs> saying no, that. Like, yeah. And she's, and then um, um, he's in a, a Christian band. I said, well, oh, that's great. I said, you know, of course. I said, you know, where do you all go? Well, we hadn't been going since COVID. And I was going, okay, well. Um, you know, she said, our Catholic church is open. I said, oh, yes, we're open. And people mask up and try to, assuage, you know, and I said, you know, because you can see by the back of my car that I'm Catholic because I have a, a a license plate that's got a Greek word on it. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> Is that the Kyrie? Kyrie. Yeah. <laughs> but I had fiat. And so people would say, well, what is that? And I was going, well, it's, it, it's what Mary said when, you know, the angel Gabriel asked her if she would, bear the Christ child. I said, be it done unto me. So it reminds me to be humble and be 
docile to the Lord, mm-hmm. which I, I need. <laughs> anyway, so, okay, so we started talking about that. And then, um, then we moved on to, uh, I think that might have been when I said, you know, well, and it, and it depends on where your family is to where you want to raise your children. Well, they'd been married for five or eight years, something like that. I don't really remember. And she said, well, yes, we're going to have children in a few more years. And I was going, well, so what kind of birth control are you using? And she said, well, we're on the pill. I'm on the pill. And I was going, well, do you know your chances of getting a th- an, an embolus or, you know, pulmonary embolus are really high with that. I mean, I'm a nurse. It's, yeah. a, it's a terrible take. I said, it's the only time we take an organ that's functioning properly and make it not function. Hmm. And I said, and also, it's it's really not good for the marriage because it turns what should be a total gift of self one to the other into a sterile act. How can that be good for the union? And had a few other things I was telling. So I finally ended up, she was going, oh, well, hadn't thought about that. Well, yeah, you're taking all these artificial hormones into your body. You don't want to be doing that, do you think? She said, well, yes, I'm vegan. And I was going, well, (laughs) if you're that careful, you might want to just do some more research about all of this. And so I gave her Janet Smith's website name. And so, um, so we ended up with, with that and I invited her I have a, a son who's a priest and so I was inviting her to his church I don't know when he's going to be preaching or when he's going to be offering mass but I said you know you need to go to this church where my son is and 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 it was lovely we exchanged phone numbers we exchanged you know I said you know you have any more questions you call me sweetness and and we just we just talked I mean I think that if you if you talk from a position of if you're relaxed and you're joyful and, I mean, you can't persuade anybody. All you can do is just be, you know, just sort of be calm and talk about it. And then then they don't feel attacked and then they don't feel like, you know. And you, you were able to tell the truth, you know. Well, she didn't. All, with all the all the scientific you know stuff like, she I didn't never, know it yeah, I never thought about this my doctor never my doctor never told me about that so yeah oh, that's something and maybe that's you know when when you talk about the truth that's when the truth leads you to the big truth that is Jesus Christ mm-hmm. that's great opportunity well um you know I mean I'll pray for her and I've got um, an idea for another um, another website that she needs to to hear there's a and or another little podcast that she needs to hear on contraception from science Mm -hmm. and so once i track that down i'm gonna text it to her just a little hello and there it is and you know all 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 i think i'm doing is just dropping little seeds along the way Mm -hmm. and it's up to the lord to water them and cause the growth and i i won't know until my particular judgment when if any of this does anything but you know i'm it's it's beautiful it's a lot, a lot of tiny little miracles i mean you probably don't even see it coming half the time it just like it it just happens naturally um is that how you felt your life has been like just it just kind of a day at a time you found little opportunities i guess like you were saying to to, to spread the faith but just in a in a casual way like in a in a friendly way well, yes, and, and in the South, it's easy because everybody can talk about the Lord down here yeah. in the South. And I, I know it's probably a lot harder. And this girl was from Canada, so wow. I, I don't know. Maybe she was a little more taken aback. But um, 
I just, um, and I did listen to her husband's band, and I liked them some, so that, you know, I'm going to let her know that. But I just, um, it's just, if you know, if you're, if, it's like when, you know, after you get married and you're happy, you want everybody to be married. <laughs> and it's, it's like that. It's, it's been like that for me to be Catholic. And I know that there's, there's cradle Catholics that have fallen away or gotten tired of the church or, or, or have not continued. Maybe they were raised in the church and they were confirmed, and then by the time they got to be in the eighth grade, they quit learning. Mm. I think that's just such a, um, a sadness that when um, you've got you've to keep reading, you've got to uh, keep you know, listening, to, listening to podcasts, um, and and growing in your faith in a deeper way, because if you if if you if you if you leave the church or decide you don't want to go or whatever it is happens when you're a teenager, then when you get to be a grown up, your teenage faith is not going to help. It's well, that's not it's it's not going to be enough. It's not going to be enough to meet grown up problems, or the pressures of grown up, the the moral life and as grown ups and. So unless you keep growing and learning, then, then your, your spiritual life is stunted and you just, you know, I mean, it's, it, I'm sure it would be easy to fall away if you, if you didn't have, if you didn't keep up with it, if you didn't read and pray and stuff. And speaking of marriage and I guess in your conversion there, what, 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 what advice or practical advice would you give to someone, you know, if you're in the grocery store parking lot on finding that happiness in marriage, even through the ups and the, the challenges of it, but just finding the happiness, the, the, the fun of it. Like you were saying, when you're married, you want everybody else to be married. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that the, that the key is to marry the right person. Yeah. <laughs> That's I mean, the million dollar question. <laughs> if you marry the right person, then, then, you, you know, marriage is a piece of cake. People kept saying the first several years are the hardest and you've got to work hard. And it wasn't hard at all. It wasn't hard at all. I think that what you have to do is you have to, marriage is, is, yes, it's nice to have that tummy clench and that they're walking in the room and you just can hardly speak, but that doesn't, that, that can't last. 99% of marriage is just hanging out together. Wow. And so if you don't enjoy just Each other's being presence. together, yeah, doing stuff, they make you laugh, they're, they're fun to go do with, they're not always, um, yeah, they're, they're, instrument they're they're sensitive to being open to figuring out how men and women talk to each other which is very different and um you know if you if you if you if you if you're solid friends with each other and not snarky then it's gonna be fine Hmm. i mean it's just um yeah it's just it's just a whole lot of fun but is there anything else on your notes that you'd like to, like to cover here before we close? Yeah, what I thought we were going to be saying is like tips for evangelization on the street evangelization. Yeah, what are some what are some and, practical tips for evangelization? Well, that would be there are I I think there's probably maybe ten major topics that people are confused about about the Catholic Church, and I am. Uh, I'm I'm all about the. I am not a real scholar. I'm kind of the the queen of the one-liners. I 
so so if I uh, so I can uh, if you're talking to a Christian, then you need to have biblical backup to what your to to church teachings. If you're talking to an uh, an atheist or an agnostic or non-believer, then you've got to come at it from natural law. Mm. So you need um, little bits and pieces because most of the time you don't have a long time to talk to somebody. You've got a couple of minutes. And, and if they are coming out at you about uh, the Pope, then you can say, um, well, you know, he made Peter the pillar and foundation of the church. And that every time there's a question, they went back to Peter and the apostles. So he was the first pope. He laid his hands on the apostles, and then they laid hands. So there's the start of all of that. So that's sort of the beginning of that. Or if they say, um, you know, everything's all about Scripture for Protestants. And, and like Father said, you can say, well, where did you get the Bible? Well, you got the Bible because the Catholic Church Bishops in the Catholic Church got together with the Holy Spirit and decided which, I mean, until the, until the council of, some council, I can't remember, um, in the 300s, there was just a bunch of letters floating around. And, and so the Catholic bishops, with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, said these letters will be in, you know, will be the Bible, will be in the scriptures. These are the authentic ones. And that these other letters are not. So... Um, so the Catholic Church put the Bible together. And until then, a lot of people weren't literate, so it doesn't make any sense that our Lord would leave the knowledge of how to, how to reach him in writing. I mean, and then, oh, let's see, where was I? Oh, yeah, so you can say, well, in James, he says that the, the church is the pillar and foundation of the truth. Not scripture. It says the church is. So when they talk about Scripture in the New Testament, they're talking about the Old Testament because the New Testament wasn't put together yet. People just don't know. But there's books that you can get, things like, um, there's a really good book called Why Matter Matters. Hmm. There's a book, um, Where Is That in the Bible? And Where in That is Tradition? So you need, you don't have to have specific chapters, and I don't have specific chapters and verses, but I can say that's in John, and he says so-and-so. And, um, and, and I just have just think that that's something that we all need to know enough about that to, um, you know, be able to witness to our faith. And Father, do you have any final closing thoughts on being a street evangelist in a way? Yeah. And I think is don't be afraid what you say, you know, be open to the Holy Spirit, you know, educate yourself. And, you know, God will put you with the right person saying the right things. And, you know, and don't be afraid if somebody comes to you and say, how about this? Don't be afraid to say, I don't know, but hold on. Here's my phone number. Let's talk about this. I will, you know, I will go to the catechism. I will go to the priest. I will go to, and I will find that out. Just don't be afraid to say, I don't know. That's a great question. You know, as a creative Catholic, I don't know, but I will find out. And then we can talk again. That's the beauty of it is that you don't have to be a scholar, like you said. And if you don't know, then to say, I don't know, but I can find it out. And uh, I think a lot of it's just being a, a, a good person to him and not right away saying, well, I'm Catholic, but just, you know, like you said, work your way to it. Um, well, Miss Alice, thank you so much for being here today for your time. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Uh, thank you to everyone in our listening audience. Uh, 
If you like what you heard today, remember you can always listen online at wbou.org, 100.5 FM, or with your smart speaker by saying, play Nashville Catholic Radio. My name is Zach Jansen. Special thank you to Father Gervon and Jim Chandler for helping us today. Uh, This is Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio. On the next Belonging, the show for young Catholic adults, we'll talk to John and Bridget Lepard with My Recovery Road Ministries to talk about addiction. What they don't understand is when you start doing drugs at an early stage, your brain really doesn't develop. We're all affected in some way, but the bottom line is you're not alone. But I've been there with people, you know, and I can't say yes. I probably don't know how you feel, but I'm here. We're going to, you know, we're going to do this together. Thursday at 11 a.m. on WBOU, Nashville Catholic Radio.